Hey guys, it's Bradley. I want to tell you about Ascend. Ascend is not just another premium finance company. Ascend will solve all of your agency bill problems through automation of invoicing, premium financing, carrier payables, all the way to the end of the workflow. There's a lot of hidden costs with how you're doing business today. AMSs, CRMs can spend more than half the day chasing down payments, following up on non-pays, getting signatures for financing docs. This leads to an overworked, overwhelmed, unhappy team. And guys, you want your team to be happy. Industry's hard enough as it is. We really need them to be happy. As your agency grows, this issue gets worse and worse. And we typically solve the problem with a little bit of software, but a ton of manpower still involved. With Ascend, you can use a software first solution and just need a little bit of manpower, allowing you to grow without significant increase in overhead. Ascend automates all of these repetitive payment processes so your team can get back to helping your clients. With Ascend, we've seen non-payment cancellations in our agency go down up to 95%. Teams save more than 20 hours per month when they work with Ascend and an average of a 75% decrease in payment-related customer questions. Guys, if people aren't calling your office with questions, you have more time to sell and grow your agency. Visit useascend.com backslash insurance, guys. Guys, Ascend makes agency bill as easy as direct bill, but you keep all of the benefits of agency bill the best of both worlds. Thanks, guys. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Hawksoft. God, I love Hawksoft. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals five-star recruit, he is a fantastic insurance agent. And my friend, ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? So you're at the tail end of a seven podcast uh-huh. batch session, and I can hear it. You can hear I don't the, think our listeners can, but I can I can, you can hear the you can hear just a little it's little. like that last thing. It's like when you're working like in the uh the West Virginia coal mines and right. you're about an hour before knocking off and cracking sure. open an ice cold bud light. You know, it's funny you say that because right before I started that, I always tell our podcast guests, I always say, uh, let's play like champions today. Uh-huh. And in my mind, I was thinking, I, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little tired, uh-huh. but I'm going to actually try to add a little more pizzazz on this so people don't can't even can't even tell that I am. I, so I was trying to, I was trying to, I was doing my best. I, to, I, I, I don't think the listeners could pick up on it, but yeah. I could pick up on yeah. it. Yeah, it was, I was, I was trying to put my, uh, it was like the ninth round of a fight, and I was just, yeah. you know, trying to finish strong there, kind of thing. So, yeah. Bradley, tell me what's going on in your world today. Man, we got a new team member starting today, about 30 minutes after we get done with this episode. Um, what? Tell me the first day out of the gate, baby steps to the elevator, baby steps on the elevator. What do we do with her the first day? Uh, so this this one is a little different. I'm actually hiring myself an administrative assistant. Okay. Just to help me stay organized, stay on task, follow up, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So the very first thing is going to be, and we usually do this to everybody at an hour or two one-on-one meeting with me, just kind of going through things. Mm-hmm. And then after that, usually I send them back to their desk with about a, a ream of paper, high paperwork to fill out mm-hmm. for payroll and health insurance and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And then 
for, for this particular young lady, I've got, I have actually some tasks that I've been saving up on purpose just for training purposes. Mm -hmm. And then the first two to three weeks is honestly going to be overseeing my email, watching how I manage my email. Sure. That way she can kind of step in and, and mm -hmm. take that over. So that's kind of the idea. And it, it varies depending on the producer. You know, I've got another one starting or depending on the employee, I've got another producer starting in a week and a half. Mm hmm uh, April 10th, he is actually going to be taking over the Atlanta market mm -hmm. for us. So he's in Atlanta. So we're opening him a small office there in Atlanta. Uh, he's coming over from an Allstate agency. Mm -hmm. He was previously independent in, his, in a past life. Super excited for that. I've wanted to be in that Georgia market for a while. Sure. But he's going to be completely different than most new producers or new salespeople because he has tons of experience. Right. It's a different, you know what I mean? It's a different yeah. onboarding. So like for him, we're actually going ahead and starting a lot of the day one stuff now, even mm -hmm. though he hasn't started. He has resigned at the other agency um, and they, you know, I'm sure promptly showed him the door, but that way he can start day one, like writing business. You know what I mean? Wait, wait, wait. Now, if he, if he, wait, when was his last day? Yesterday. Okay, so your lawsuit won't get here. <laughs> Let's see. What's today? What is today? Is today Tuesday? Today is the about, about next about yeah. next Wednesday. You'll be getting your strongly worded uh, letter from an attorney over. That's there. fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's happening. Can I give you a piece of advice? Sure. First thing you need to teach the girl that's coming in here in yeah. about an hour is the code to get in the door. Yep. That would probably be my first. Uh, Her keys over there on the desk. Do you do the presentation of the lap, the new iPads and the laptop and her new uh, Oliver swag today too? Like uh, portal T-shirts and it's all out there on the desk. That's what I that's thought. What I was doing when uh between between takes uh -huh. here. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm excited for you. This one's a little bit. It's not quite as pomp and circumstance as I usually like like it to be because you were here. Sure. And we were doing this and I sure. explained that to her. I was like, Hey, look, it's kind of a crazy week. It's a right. podcasting week. Last week I had a bunch of stuff going on next week. My, my kid's nanny's going to be out. So I'm going to be, it, it's, it's a weird time right now. So a little bit less hoopla, you know, but well, I think the best, I think the big takeaway from this is uh, about next Wednesday, uh, I'll get my labor attorney to get you a good one over in Georgia. Sounds good. And y'all can get started on the fighting over good. the non-compete and why he's working. You know, he doesn't you need one. He doesn't have one, so now, uh, now which let, means they're going to be extra nasty. What, wait a minute. Me, wait but. a minute. Now, the last two people I hired told me they didn't have one. It turns out they did. Until they were hired, and then a non-compete came out of nowhere. Yep. So, and then we got the strongly worded yeah. letter from the attorney that blah, 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 blah. I'm not but, I'm not scared of it. It's, it is what it is. It is what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a wonderful guest for you guys today, full of energy, ready to go, somebody that we've been needing to have on this podcast. I've got so many questions for her. She can help you become a better insurance agency. I want to focus today more on uh, some of the things that she is really good at. And I think a lot of that's going to revolve around things like personal lines, account management, which is something that we probably desperately needed to have on this podcast. I want to talk to her a little bit about the different designations. You know, Tracy Cotton asked us live on the podcast a few weeks ago about, you know, do you need this designation? Do you need that designation? So I'm looking forward to talking about that. But before we do all that, let me give her the introduction she's always deserved. Ladies and gentlemen, she is originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, and she currently resides in Mamel, Arkansas. 
I hope I didn't brutalize that. You didn't. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> she is married to the ruggedly handsome Scotty Bryant. And they oh, have Lord. <laughs> they have three, not one, not two, but three beautiful babies aged 13, 11, and six. She is a graduate of the University of Arkansas at Little Rock and a subject matter expert in personal lines account management, SOPs, CRMs, risk management, and policy language. That's my love language right there. I love policy no, I language. She has many designations, obviously an MBA, a CIC, and a CISR. We're going to talk about some of that in a little while. And the personal lines, she currently is the personal lines academic director for the National Alliance for Insurance Education and Research and podcast host of Awkward Insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP, Miss Dustin Bryant. How are you today, Dustin? Ah, I'm doing fantastic. That ruggedly handsome part, it got me, and now my husband's just going to be in tears giggling over that Make one. Make sure he doesn't listen to it. No, he needs to <laughs> listen to that. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, let's start with a start, okay? Let's go back in time for just a minute. And talk just just briefly about kind of how you got into the insurance industry, climbing my DeLorean. Tell me a little bit about how you got in the industry and bring us up to today. Oh, my gosh. There are so many episodes out there about that. <laughs> but no, I, it started in the um, in the Peabody Hotel here in Little Rock, Arkansas. When the Peabody was in Little Rock, they are no longer. Mm -hmm. I was managing that restaurant and we had a convention in town for Aflac. And a bunch of salespeople, yeah, right? And a bunch of salespeople in there trying to get more salespeople in there. Of course, they're going to attack every living soul that's in that hotel. So um, I was attacked by Aflac and mm -hmm. went and, and did the life and health licensing thing. I am not a very good door-to-door -door salesperson, so I did mm. not stick with Aflac for very long. I just logged mileage everywhere I went. It was great seeing the great state of Arkansas, just mm. logging my mileage, right? Hey, let me stop you right there. Are you saying... That the AFLAC conference, because I find this wildly interesting because I've had some thoughts on this in the past. The AFLAC, let's say it was like the Southeast District meeting or whatever, and they had it at the hotel. You were managing a restaurant in the Peabody Hotel, and through your interaction with the people related to the AFLAC conference, somebody there saw you, maybe had a conversation with you and was like, this girl needs to be with Aflac. Mm. And that's Maybe kinda... when you're in the restaurant industry, you got to upsell, upsell, upsell. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, so they kind of recognize they, they kind of, the, the light bulb went on and they were like, she needs to be with us. I, I would hope that that's what happened. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I never picked her brain to find out exactly what she saw in me. I'm still friends with her on Facebook today. And she, I don't know if she's an Aflac anymore, but she was for a really long time. I think mm -hmm. she was a district sales manager for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I feel like you don't hear from Aflac as much as you used to. I, I agree. I like they've toned it back a little bit. Well, I'll tell you what they haven't toned well, I back. I mean, once you get the brand recognition, you don't have to yeah. spend so much time spending your wheels That's on true. that. Everybody knows who Aflac is, even without a commercial these days. Aflac's kind of in the place that Xerox was in a few years ago, where even if you didn't have a Xerox printer, you would say, go Xerox it. It's kind of like you refer yeah. to your cafeteria plan as your Aflac plan, even if you don't use Aflac. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same. Right. Like They've done a really good job of getting their brand 
firmly implanted in people's brains. So let me ask y'all this with their stupid duck. Let's say Bradley Flowers decides that he wants to have an arm of portal insurance that does that. Lord have mercy. Could you sign, could you, (laughs) could you hire somebody and, and, and sign an Aflac contract for, for that side of the house to let them go out and do that. I don't mean any shade towards my, my cafeteria life insurance plan people, but I'm down the street from a colonial life office and there's an Aflac office somewhere around here. They come by here all the time trying to get me to do so. Okay. But that's just not something that you'd be interested in. We're just so focused on what we do. Like we don't even sell life insurance. Sure. Sure. I understand. But you can do that for sure. Right, Dustin? Yes. Yep. You can. Well, Dustin, so, you know, I always talk about my my friend, Mr. Bick, the Dr. Billy Williams always talks about people leave a resume of success. You know, there's, there's a resume of success throughout their, their life. Uh, some more than others. I read, I did not even read half of your bio because there was so much, so many breadcrumbs of success on there. I just couldn't, I just couldn't get to all of it. But you are obviously somebody that has enjoyed a lot of success, both academically and in the world of insurance. Talk a little bit about the different designations that you guys are part of at the National Alliance. And if these agents decided, and the reason I'm bringing this up, just secret time for a minute, in the past two or three weeks, I've had two or three agents reach out to me to talk about Hey, I'm doing such and such, and I really think I need to get my XYZ designation. Where can I go to do that? And I assume you can kind of help them out with that. Ah, I can help them out with that. Let me start by saying um, I have not always worked for the National Alliance. I've been in insurance for going on 17 years now with only the last two or so years with the National Alliance. And those breadcrumbs that, you know, whatever you notice, because I honestly did not see my successes at the time that they were occurring. It's kind of a reflective thing today. But that started with the National Alliance when I didn't even know who the National Alliance was. The education, of course, I've got, you know, the college degree and the education there. But the industry education that I have that really I feel like has contributed to my success within the industry It started at the Big Eye here in Arkansas. I had no clue who the National Alliance was. The Big Eye was a licensee or a partner of the National Alliance and had the CIC designation and the CISR designation. Mm -hmm. So in the agency that I started with after being like, all right, Affleck's not my thing. I started with a regional broker here in Little Rock, Arkansas. And um, one of their paths was you need to get your CISR designation. That was part of their training plan, if you will, which Bradley, I've, I've got a suggestion for you on that. We can come back around to it if you want to or do it later or whatever. But that was part of their training plan. There, they had all other types of training involved, but I needed to get the CISR designation. So I always, honestly, and I hope it doesn't get me fired, but I didn't know who the National Alliance was truly until I actually came to the National Alliance. Can I be honest <laughs> with you? I didn't know either until I met you. Right. Um, so I always just, I was like, it's my education through the big I Arkansas. Like I got my CIC from big I to me, the national Alliance was the publisher of the education, kind of like a textbook in college. I didn't say, Oh, I got my education from McGraw Hill from my textbooks in college. I said, you know, I went to UALR, this particular professor is who I learned from. 
kind of thing. So that's the way I saw it just from my perspective and experience with college education. Um, so I just want to start there that I am also not on the sales team for the National Alliance. So I'm sure that I will get some things uh, incorrect and sales will let me know. But I'm a huge advocate of the National Alliance because it's been a huge piece of my success within my career journey and path in the National Alliance. Um, so the CISR designation is the one that I started with. It's the Certified Insurance Service Representative. Um, and there's all kinds of courses that are both commercial focused and personal lines focused, agency management focused. It's got some ENO and some ethics built in there. Um, and it's kind of built for those one to three year professionals that you're just trying to figure out the language, the jargon, how to read the policy language, um, and, which is going to be which, different. Yeah. Which one was that? The CISR designation, okay. CISR, Certified Insurance Service Representative. Gotcha. So yeah, that's where it started. And of course, there is an exam at the end of it. There is a multiple choice exam on our CISRs because we want to make sure that you're comprehending the information and we want the designation to mean something to you. How long is the course? Uh, so there's a number of courses, but you need five of them in order to earn the designation. And if you okay. take all of the courses in the CISR designation, then you earn what's called the elite status CISR. Okay. Yeah. So that wasn't around when I started mine, though. So I'm kind of bummed that I missed out on elite. I guess I could go back and, and finish yeah. whatever I didn't do. <laughs> Is most of the stuff today done over Zoom or something online? Uh, right, you know, or study at your own pace, or is there an option that Scott could fly out to Arkansas or somewhere else for a week, and at the end of that week, take the take the test and become CISR des designated? Scott, let me ask you: How do you learn best? If you had to sit down and take a class, how do you learn best? <sighs> Close call, but I would probably say in person. How about you, Brad? Bradley? I just don't <laughs> learn at all. I don't learn at all. You don't uh, learn at all. Probably, probably online, self-paced. Okay. Yeah. But it's going to take we have a lot options. longer. Yeah. We have I don't learn in a classroom setting at all. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to sit so, there and I'm going to sit there and my brain's going to go in 90 different directions as to what I'm supposed squirrel. to be doing. Yeah. Right, yeah. We have options for both of you. Um, CISR is online self-paced. It's also yeah. online webinar with a live instructor. Ooh. It is also in the classroom. Most of the classroom versions are going to be done by the licensees. So, um, can I have Chat GTP take it for me? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and I'm sure Chat GPT will also give you some incorrect answers. Pro probably so. Probably <laughs> so, so. I don't recommend going full fledged Chat GPT on that. Um, no, so we have options for all of you. And to be honest, our self paced learners do much better than our in person learners because they do take their time. Because yeah. they do have to read and they do have to do like you have to click through this in order to move on to the next page. Because, of course, we've got CE filing that we um, and we've got to have certain metrics and measurements for that online self-paced in order to prove that that student went all the way through that course and didn't just click a thousand times to get through it. You probably get a lot of people, too, with the in-person that are that choose that, but secretly because they're lazy and they think if they just show up, they'll get it. Right. versus actually having to do the work. So you probably catch right. a lot of those people in the in-person and it is, is my assessment. All right. So you probably could. We also have, I just actually attended a CIC course um, last week at the Big Eye Arkansas because we are doing the revision of our CIC personal lines this year to fully update it. And man, those students, they're studious. They had their note cards, their highlighters, 
They're scribbling everything down in their notebooks. So, like, I'm writing down everything you're saying right now. All right. The ones that are the backseat Baptists, I know you guys know what I mean. Those are the ones that have already earned their designation. And now they're taking a course to kind of update their designation or maybe their commercial lines focused. And now they're thinking about getting into personal lines. So they take the CIC personal lines again or something like that. So they'll sit in that back row and some of them will half pay attention. You'll notice some phones come out every once in a while, but they still do contribute not to not only to their learning, but to the newer agents learning as well, because they'll start to chime in with what our local markets here in Arkansas look like. It, you know, our course is based on ISO language. We can't possibly teach every carrier. I had somewhere around 30 carriers when I was in the agency, and there's no way we can build a course around 30 different carriers. So we do kind of have, and it's kind of one of the critiques that we have from some of our students is that we're ISO focused. It doesn't apply everywhere. Not every insurance carrier uses strict ISO language, but we're teaching you the fundamentals of going through that policy language and that the periods and the commas and the dashes and how things are organized really do make a difference so that you can more easily compare your different carriers and know which one is better for your client. So they'll start to contribute those backseat Baptists, if you will, or the backseat car riders they'll start to contribute to the language that way and say, well, this is what Travelers does, or this is what I saw with Safeco recently. Or I think in our course, we actually had a progressive rep that was sitting in the course as well. And he would contribute what he knew about progressive product within that in-person classroom. That's one of the things that you kind of miss when you're doing it online, either Mm -hmm. self-paced or in the webinar, is you might not get some of those more little personal incidental Mm -hmm. ads that just happen through interactions in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So the CIC designation between the CIC and the CISR, which one's which one's probably going to be the harder of the two to graduate from to get the degree from or the certificate? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, CIC is a little bit more difficult. That exam is completely different than mm-hmm. the CISR. So the CISR is a multiple choice exam. Uh And the CIC courses, as well as our CRM course, um, those are short answer essay tests. Cool. I like that. And, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, you know what's you know what's strange, and I'm I, I may be the only one that feels this way. The older I get, okay, because I'm 51 years old now. The older I get, the more I like to learn and go through courses like this, and I actually try and I study and mm-hmm. typically do pretty well on this kind of stuff, but. Had Scott Howell at 25 years old been sitting here or 21 years old listening to this right now, it would bore the spots off, off a leopard. I mean, I would have I just agree. been, I would have been like, this is the most awful thing. I, I couldn't do this in a thousand years. But right now, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, damn, I want to go up there and take one of these courses right now. And you, you know should. what I mean? I would, I would, I would love to, I, I, can you take the courses, I know you're with the National Alliance, which, you know, indicates nationwide, but you've also mentioned Arkansas. So like, for instance, if you're in the state of Missouri, could you go to that state's big eye and be like, hey, I want to take these con- or the National Alliance and, and big in uh, Missouri and take these courses there? So I don't have a list of our licensees in front of us, but if the big eye in Missouri is a licensee of the National Alliance and they deliver our education, then yes, you can absolutely do that. If you're in a state that doesn't have a licensee partner that delivers our education, then of course you get your education direct from the National Alliance. Uh-huh. Um, and you can also, like if you're in Missouri, one of our instructors is actually a Missouri agent or one of the instructors for last week in Arkansas is a Missouri agent, but he drove down to teach the CIC 
uh, course here in Arkansas. And sure. there were, I think, it, as I looked around the room at the name tags, there were agents from Texas that had driven over from Texas to take an in-person mm-hmm. in in Arkansas, whether it's because maybe they were getting into Arkansas, I don't know. Um, maybe it's because this was just the time that they absolutely, we call them birthday updaters or birthday right. CEOs. They had to take it that month because that's when their license it, renews, and so they had to drive over for it or something. Yeah, it's kind of like when your when your driver's license is about to expire, and you wait till right. like the last day to go over there and get your driver's license renewed. You know, right? I think every single one of our CIC courses will start off with "Happy Birthday" yeah, to you right. who are renewing your license and here for that. <laughs> Well, hello there. Guys, excuse me for interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast, but I'm here today to get you out of aggregator and cluster jail. This may be the most important message I've ever delivered on the Insurance Guys podcast. Guys, are you a member of a cluster or an aggregator? Does your contract have exit fees, termination payments, buyback provisions, It's time to get your freedom back and do what we did here at iProtect Insurance. Join the AC, the future of aggregators in our industry. Best decision we've ever made, guys. Best decision we've ever made. No entry fees, small $200 a month membership fee, over 50 plus carriers for direct appointments. And by the way, new ones coming on board each and every month. You keep 100% of your commissions, profit sharing every year. Guys, we have made in the last two years, each year, our agency has made over $100,000 in profit sharing. Here's the best part, guys. And this is the part I'm the most passionate about. No termination or exit fees. You give the AC 60 days notice and you're free. You go get direct appointments wherever you want. There's no buyback provisions, no exit clauses. Guys, if you're a member of another aggregator and you have termination fees, buyback provisions, exit clauses, every single policy you write, you're digging that hole just a little bit deeper. And one day you're not going to be able to get out of it. It's going to be too much. You're going to be taking out a second mortgage on your home to try to get out of a cluster group. Unbelievable. Guys, go to AC Free dot org that's ac free dot org and register find out why over 650 agencies and three billion dollars in premium have chosen the ac and guys here's the best part but wait there's more mention the insurance guys podcast when you talk to these guys and you get six months that's six months of no membership fee just by mentioning the Insurance Guys podcast. Go today, www.acfree.org, and let me help you get your freedom back. Have a great day. Dustin, I have one job in the insurance industry. I have one job, and that is to help these agents any way I can to get better, to turn off this podcast and go implement some things in their agency. So let's push the designations to the side for just a moment. There's some things that I want you to talk about today that I think could help insurance agents. 
the 250,000 that are listening to this podcast right now, because most of these men and women, regardless of the size of their agencies, have a staff, whether it's one person or 50 people, and you are a subject matter expert in personal lines, account management. Okay. And most of these agents, including Bradley Flowers and myself, have personal lines, account managers. Some have commercial lines, account managers, too. I guess first and foremost, personal lines, account management. Where do you see the biggest problems coming from agencies that have personal lines, account managers, things that maybe we can get the train back on the tracks today for them? And I know that's a painting with a broad brush there, but. I know you probably see or have seen where maybe two or three common things that you're like, God, oh, man, they should have they should have done it this way instead of that way. Whether it's training, whether it's how to motivate account managers, uh, th those types of things. Is there anything out there that you can help these agents with? Yeah, the very first thing that came to mind, not knowing you were going to ask this question, but the very first thing that came to mind, and I'm sure this has come up in other episodes too, is order takers. Yeah. To get over being an order taker, I think it's kind of the number one flaw. It's it's a safe place to just give the client what they want instead of what they need, because then they're happy. So you don't have to hear them gripe and you don't have to spend the extra time explaining another another flaw um, or another. I guess what contributes to being an order taker is not truly knowing the coverage you're selling. Mm. So you end up taking the order based off of what the client says and learning along the way rather than learning the coverage first and, and knowing what you need to deliver to your client, um, which is just, it's always going to go back to education for me. So that goes back to the education component of it. The other part is you just that initial contact, even still your, um, your coverage assessment. It's got to go past the deck page. A deck page is not a coverage assessment. You're just looking at limits on the deck page. You have no idea if you're just looking at that client's deck page and you don't sell that carrier, whether or not that carrier's policy is better than yours, unless you've been in the business for a minute and, and you've learned along the way. But these newer agents, they, they come into this with the inherent knowledge gained from someone or somewhere to take a look at the deck page as a coverage assessment. That's what you need. You need to compare the coverage that's on the deck page. Maybe you can look at the endorsements and decide which endorsements or types of coverage that they have. But until you truly understand what definitions apply to that coverage, um, when you see a business endorsement that might be on a homeowner's policy, which may or may not be a good idea based on their exposure, you need to understand the definition of business to really understand which exposure might have applied there. Correct. So those are kind of, those are going beyond the surface level. And the only way that you can do that as a newer agent or as one that's still developing is to stop worrying about the deck page. Yeah. The limits are going to be helpful for you to have a starting point, I guess. Sure. sure. But without the knowledge, that's the reason why you stick to the deck page. You stick to the deck page as a safety blanket. So what's, what's the next step in that iteration for newer agents or account managers, either one? Going beyond the deck page, is it to, to actually get a copy of their policy and look it over versus what you guys in your agency, uh, other carriers you may offer that could be better? 
Yeah, that's going to be really difficult to get a copy of another carrier's policy, a complete copy. Now, it's a little easier today since everybody's got access to their um, electronic copies online, but that's going to be based on your client's tech savviness about whether or not they know how to go and get that stuff sure. and then know how to email it to you. Um, so that's a whole different conversation. Not, not really feasible, is it? Right. It's not. So it's understanding um, some basic tenets of risk management and mm. understanding how to ask the right questions, get beyond the yes or no questions, ask the open-ended questions, really truly understand what is in your market and what you may need to assess for your client in terms of what risks are there. If you're in an area that's really heavy on the ride share and the home share or whatever, then you're going to lean into those questions a little bit heavier than the the market that maybe doesn't like at more Alabama where Bradley's grandma is the only Uber driver. <laughs> you know? right. Look, they had a they had a hailstorm this morning. It's not my grandmother. It's not my grandmother. They had a hailstorm this morning. So yeah, I'm dealing with that right now. Oh gosh, is everything okay? Yeah, everybody's good. Oh yeah, it'll be fine. Hey, it's uh, so stressful either way. But yeah, it's just. It's knowing the the basic risk management principles. You don't need to go really heavy into understanding everything risk management has to offer. But if you've got some five, the five basic risk management principles down, then you can start to evolve the way you think about that new business client, even if you don't have the coverage or the language or whatever it is that you're looking for in order to quote them. I think part of this too, you know, now more than ever today, as we sit here in March of 2023, mm -hmm. it seems like to me, and you two may disagree with me about this, that different carriers, even though they may be blue blood, you know, the, the, the names that everybody knows, the nationwides, the travelers, the Liberty Mutuals, Safeco, Ray Ray's tire and insurance. Um, <laughs> And, and I want to get into these ISO forms that we talked about earlier, because that's that's wildly interesting. But today, more than ever, it seems like different carriers do have particular nuances to coverages and the way they do things that as an account manager and a producer, you really need to understand and know before you can and and then as you just said ask the right questions right to really be able to help somebody from a risk management standpoint i'll give you one example if i'm not mistaken and there may be 20 uh, all state agents that reach out and tell me no that's not the case i want to say that all states homeowner policy written on iso form has uh, you've just got to be very careful related to the roof of that house, because I want to say there's an endorsement that has to be added back in to the base policy that gives you replacement cost or something like that. That's that if, not if, ISO language, but yes, Allstate does have one of those ones where they reduce down to either, I think it's either ACV or they even correct. have the functional replacement cost. Um, yes. on a roof or there's right. like a partial situation and then you've got to endorse that back to get it back. And that's that's the byproduct of those commercials of pick the coverage that you want that Correct. we see on TV and clients don't they don't yeah. know what they want. Yeah, but but, but <laughs> it, it sounds good with marketing. But it flies. It does, but it, it, but but it here, doesn't work. You you just brought up my point. So all these people talk about buying direct and direct, you know, direct insurance, get online and get a quote and all this other stuff. But today, more than ever, it seems like the major blue blood carriers have all these endorsements 
that actually add coverage back into the policy. It was and already if, there. And if you don't know, if you don't know to do that, yeah. then, uh, you know, you're setting somebody up, you know, like Bradley mentioned the hailstorm up the road here this morning or last night. Well, if you've got an all state policy and it's not just all state, it's other carriers. I can name 10, 10 others as well. You're going to get that call about a hailstorm, and there's there's damage all over the roof. And instead of getting the full replacement cost on that roof, you may only get functional replacement based on mm-hmm. depreciation. And that's going to be a damn problem because what's going to end up happening is Bradley's going to call, get a call and get cussed out because this person's only getting half the roof paid for. Right. Which goes back to understanding even, I mean, forget competitor policies here for a second. As independent agents, we've access to how many markets do you have in your agency? How many personalized markets? If you just like off the top of your head. Blue blood, um, I'm going to guess one's on PL Raider, probably seven, seven or eight. Seven. Okay. So when a client calls in and asks you the infamous question, do I have coverage? You're able to pull seven different carriers coverage component out of your brain because you've read all of those and stored them somewhere in your head and you can see them flipping as you're trying to come up with the right answer. You'd You'd have to be a rain man to do that. Yeah, no, you can't do that. But that even within your own agency, understanding those differences and those come with definitions in the policy, you've got to know where the definitions are in order to find the definitions. And then you've got to learn to compare those definitions that if there is something in your policy that says functional replacement cost, Mm -hmm. that's because it's used somewhere else in the policy, right? Sure. Um, Same for, I mean, umbrellas are like the most infamous non-standardized thing in personal lines. If there's something in there that says follow form, it's there for a reason. Now you've just got to go read the policy language and figure out which of those coverages follows the form that it it supports, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like even within your own agency, forget comparing competitor policies. You've got to know how to compare your own stuff. And yes, the marketing reps come in with those cheat sheets Correct. and say, you know, I think there was one here in Arkansas. There was a company that was really old. Their rating system was still on DOS of all things. Um, and as they start to transition out, other carriers are still trying to get the business because it was really good business. They would come in with cheat sheets of what they understood this other carrier's product to be and say, this is how we compare. You're going to take their word for that? Or are you actually going to sit down and read mm-hmm. what the differences are so that you know what you're trading your client out for when you switch them from a policy that's not being written anymore and you can't I, ever get it back kind of Hey, thing. I'll tell you another one too that I think about quite a bit. And Bradley brought this up in an earlier podcast down here on the coast. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. But one thing I see are people calling and, and you know, sometimes these insurance carriers are like the damn cable company. Every year they mm-hmm. jack the rate up just a little bit more. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll have a client that's been on an old legacy nationwide homeowner policy for 15 or 20 years. And they'll call in and they'll say, you know, I want to, you know, my insurance is too high. I want to change it. And one thing I, I, I encourage my agents to talk about is like, you ain't getting the same coverages on a mm. new 2023 travelers or something policy that you would have got that you had 15, 15 mm-hmm. years ago on an old legacy policy. Or you might could, but you have to select all those endorsements to get there. That's Correct. what I meant by now you've got to select all the endorsements for coverage that was there in the past. And right. now all of those things because of, you know, loss costs and everything else have become a higher risk. So they had to remove them so that you could add them back for an additional cost. Right. So you got to right. be careful what you're moving people from. And the only way that you're going to be that careful is by really, truly understanding the product beyond whatever 
marketing cheat sheet your marketer has given you and be on the deck page for sure. Correct. And that's also a way for you to uh, lose business to another agency is they don't add all that stuff back in. So guess what? It's $600, $700 cheaper. And now they've moved their business. Mm -hmm. And then when you get a if when you get a chance to look at it or talk to them, you go, you do realize you went from a $1,000 deductible to a 1% deductible on your $700,000 house. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And then they're like, what? The funny what? thing is, is some agents, some newer agents really, truly don't understand what that means. They see 1% and just in their mind's eye, they it's, think 1% is cheaper than 1,000. So I'm good. Or 1% uh, is 1,000. So I'm good. Or they'll think it's 1% of the loss that's being filed uh, rather than the coverage. Dustin, I, I call that the David Blaine magic trick. It's, yeah. you know, David Blaine does all these funny, crazy magic tricks up in New York. And I'm like, to the to a human being, the visual representation of 1%, they go, oh, 1%, that's cheap. 1% is nothing. 1% of anything is not much. And then you break it down for them and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Which is why now on deck pages, you will see 1% and then parentheses what that deductible actually translates Uh into because everyone, the customer, the client, maybe even the marketing reps and the agent were all misconstruing what that 1% meant. And so now you've got to have dual information just around what 1% actually means. Well, and what you have too down here on the coast where I am is is 5%. Or hurricane mm-hmm. or wind or name storm, name storm is is you see that you honestly you see that more times than you don't see it mm-hmm. and right. we we actually have a because a, a, a lot of customers will ask for it and we have a disclosure that we get them to sign that basically says right. hey portal insurance did not recommend this to me in mm-hmm. fact advise me to to seek less we usually don't quote more than two uh which is usually the that's usually the minimum that most carriers will do mm-hmm. but but yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine seeing that with five and sidestep yeah. on the name storm. Once a name stormed, always a name storm. It doesn't matter whether it's a hurricane or a tropical storm. Once it's named, it's named, and that deductible applies. Correct. Wow. Correct. And then yeah, you have even when it's downgraded, you have wind yeah. versus hurricane. To to most people, hurricanes are ooh scary. So they they sometimes they'll even gravitate towards the wind deductible, thinking, oh, that's the better deductible. Mm-hmm. When in fact, the wind deductible is worse because that means your higher deductible is going to apply in any wind situation mm-hmm. versus just a hurricane. Right. Mm-hmm. So and not just for roof. They don't get that either. People think wind right. roof and nothing else. It doesn't matter the siding and everything else. They forget about that part. Right. Hey, Dustin, do you also, uh, do you do some consulting on the side? I, I don't know. I'm just asking. No, I don't. Mm-mm. Okay. I didn't know if you did or not. Now, so, now it, it, in terms of that, if somebody reaches out to me and they've got questions, that's what we do here at the National Alliance. That's where I, I truly am like, I had a great day. If somebody calls in and they're like, hey, can I ask you a question? Like, yes. You can ask all the questions you need to ask for free. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So how would these agents, if they had questions, whether it's designations or some of the other subject matter that we've talked about already, how would they get in touch with you? Um, So they can always go out to the National Alliance website. There is the About Us. There's an academic. So I'm a personalized academic director at the National Alliance. um, And we've got several other academic directors, not just me. We've got one for commercial lines, one for risk management, life and health, agency management, like all, all levels of expertise that are there. Um, and we collaborate on a daily basis. So all of our contact information is there. Of course, you can find me on every single 
social that there is as well. And just like we were joking about before, Bradley, there's a search bar at the top of our website at www.scic.com that if you're looking for something, you can find it there too. In defense of lazy people, a lot of website (laughs) search bars don't work great. Right. Right. But I'm sure y'all Well, and if does. the answer doesn't pop up right in front of your face, yeah. as soon as you hit search, you give up almost immediately. So, exactly. yeah. No, Bradley, I do have one suggestion, though, for your new girl that's coming in today. If yeah, you, absolutely. Okay. Let's bring um, her in here. Let's, I'm kidding. Yeah, decide whether or not you want to cut it later or whatever. But don't you have one of the advanced subscriptions with the National Alliance? I do. I do. Have you used it? Because I've checked on it every once in uh, a while. I, d- I have not. Okay. <laughs> you, you talk you talked me into buying it and I've not used it. Um, so it's amazing. So at first we started with that advanced subscription, which gives you access for mm-hmm. you know just a monthly subscription price that you're paying on a monthly or annual basis or whatever. And don't ask me the price, just go to the website and look at those because I'm sure as soon as I give you a price, sales will update it. Right. <laughs> and it'll be wrong. Um, but you get access to all the designations that you can take on your own time. And the the awesome thing about that is, is those people who are afraid to take the test and afraid to fail it and then tell their boss that they just spent mm-hmm. X hundred dollars on a CIC course. I failed the course. I need to take it again. Under the subscription, you just sign up for a new one. Just sign up for another one and take it again. You don't have to go and tell your boss that you failed the exam. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's nice for you to do it. But now we have a new subscription level. It's brand new, just launched. Um, and it's called The Essentials. And the, it's got introduction to insurance. And we really wanted that to kind of focus on the people who may not actually be running insurance roles within the agency, but yeah. they need to know a little bit about what your agency does. So they're going to have some introductory courses to just kind of get their feet wet and understand what it is Bradley Flowers does in his agency so they know why they're answering the emails the way they are, so that they know why they're talking, what a producer is, what an account manager is. And what's the name of that? All of that kind of stuff. It's the the essentials. essentials. The essentials subscription um, is there. And it is self for the most part, it is self-paced so they can do it on their own time. You could set them up on it and say, you know what, it take like a course every two weeks or whatever, and just let me know when you're done so that you're following up on their progress through it. So let me let me add to what you're saying I'm, uh, right now. I'm I'm going to do that. I don't think <laughs> I've had I don't think I've had anybody in my office that came in unlicensed that did not have to take the Alabama State insurance exam at least two times and sometimes three times. What I'm wondering is the only person I've had that had to take it more that only took it once was Kenneth. So right away. I just had a girl that took it twice and failed it both times, made a 69 yeah. and a 67 on it, right? Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. Would it would it be better to let to go in before they start studying for their exam? Because remember, they're coming from another industry, so they don't know anything about insurance, to let them do the essentials first then do the coursework to take the license and then do the exam. So they've got a good baseline. I don't see why not. My gut reaction would would be yes, especially now, now, Bradley, I know the producer that you're hiring has experience, but he's in like a one week holding pattern right now, right? Right. If you had hired somebody with no experience and they're in a one week holding pattern or a two week holding pattern, sign them up for this. And yeah. let them start learning the industry before they get into those courses. Now, of course, you still need to take your specific state licensing courses sure, because sure, you're sure. going to have your state information that's in there that's going to be on the exam. So this isn't going to be a fail safe to passing. 
your license in whatever state, but it's an introduction and it's meant yeah. for like your, your accounting leader who doesn't need to have a license and in insurance, but they need to know what they're doing accounting for and understand right. parts of that. Right. Um, and then it's also got some introduction to filling out accord forms that are just a pain in the butthole <laughs> to fill out. And it's a completely new, and we're hiring somebody that's, that's unlicensed, not experienced, completely different. I mean, it could not be further from mm -hmm. what we what it is when we're hiring somebody with experience. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you too. Right, and right, everybody right. listening. So, so how long is the essentials course? As long as you need it to be, because it does it's self paced, it's self guided. So you you take the courses that you have. Um, but I'm looking at the website right now. Just really simple stuff. Like it's got it, it's got easy stuff about NFIP exposures. Uh, it's going to start with intro to insurance and intro to health insurance, life insurance, commercial lines, personal lines. And they're really small courses. We're not trying to like take them through an insurance journey so that they're experts by the end of this. Sure. They just need to understand and maybe they'll learn a bit like maybe it's I don't know how old your assistant is that's coming in, but maybe she's, you know, of the type that thinks she's immortal and doesn't need life insurance. And after taking intro to life, she's like, oh, now I see that life insurance is important. Sure. Sure. And I do need to register for that on my benefits package as Bradley hands that over to me kind of thing. So Exactly. Last question. <laughs> Explain to these guys, I think there are a lot of people out there that don't understand what ISO is. What is ISO? Insurance Services Office. They, they pretty much write the standardized book on insurance. They're the right. ones that... Um, they go through all kinds of meetings and conferences and everything to come up with loss costs and actuarial rules. And they have the underwriting manual rules that you can start with. Many carriers will adopt their strict language. Mm -hmm. So if there's a change that ISO introduces, then that carrier at that adoption date will automatically switch to that. Some carriers will take those forms and then modify the forms the way that they want their forms to read, as long as they obviously follow regulation within the state. Um, and some carriers will just come up with their own proprietary forms. Mm. So it's not that every insurance carrier follows ISO, um, but it, it's pretty much the standardized language for what to expect in insurance. So let's say the five blue blood homeowner carriers out there, you take their five policies and you line them up with each other. I would assume, and I know what you just said, but I would assume that a lot of the language in those five policies is coming from ISO for the most part. Am I wrong or right about that? That's a good assumption. I, I would think it would give them some cover in the event that something did happen that they could say, well, we're, we're just following ISO guidelines here. Right. Well, I mean, it, 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 it ensures that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. That's Perfect. for sure. And I have at times tasks to customize our designation programs with specific carrier policy language so that they're employees can get the designation while learning their language at the same time. Right. Um, and for the most part, the language is similar. I'm not going right. to say the same because there, for example, you brought up, what was it? Uh, just about the differences in coverages and how each carrier can be different. Mm -hmm. There's an exclusion in ISO that's going to exclude business use of an auto. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For this carrier that I just customized for, as long as you identify it as business use, it covers delivery. It covers pretty much every rideshare service option you can think of. 
And now with ISO, you can buy back ride share in terms of the person in the car, but you can't buy back the Uber Eats, the delivery option. Sure. But this carrier says you don't even need to buy an endorsement. You just need to tell us it's business use and we'll cover it. Gotcha. So the, the exclusions are essentially similar, but then the insurance carrier can decide what they want to do and how they want to then cover that loss exposure or not cover the loss exposure. Dustin, thank you so much for being on today. We've got to run. Uh, Bradley needs to very quickly get ready for his one o'clock. Yeah. Baby steps on the elevator, baby steps down the elevator, baby steps off the elevator day with his new employee. And and I'm going to be here to welcome her on board as well. I'm sure it'll be a great day for her. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to give her a sheet cake and, uh, some balloons when she gets here in a few minutes. So I'm looking forward to that. Scared of crap. I know she's going to have a blast. Whatever she's learning. So this isn't going to post for 10 weeks. So hopefully she still works here when this episode comes <laughs> out. <laughs> funny. It'd be fun. Well, not If funny, she but... doesn't, it's because you didn't sign her up for essentials. Exactly. That's, that's, that'll be exactly what it is. <laughs> it won't be Scott doing the onboarding at all. That's right. That's right. Dustin, thank you so much for being on today. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Guys, as I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big, bad world, create content, work on your SEO, make your phone calls, figure out what you want to do with your particular agency. Learn this policy language. Do it. We all need to do a better job of getting digging deep in these policies and, and spending some time outside of the eight to five reading. And I know it's uh can sometimes put you to sleep reading policy language, but You really need to understand what you're selling people, which policies have which coverages to make sure that you're doing the very best that you can for the people that that you're serving in order to give them the best possible policy at the most affordable price. Go out today and do that. Go make money for your family, for your wife, for your kids' college fund. For your parents and your in-laws that are struggling out there, go make money for them today. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Dustin. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a great week in Mobile, Alabama, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.